How's it going? Podcast episode number one, Camden Crum. Good friend of mine. Known him for about eight years. War vet. He uh, Sort of. Sort of a war vet. He's a veteran. He's a veteran. Definitely a vet. Maybe not a war vet. You served in Afghanistan. Yeah, I know. But You're a, com- war, you were a, a combat war. veteran is different from a veteran. On paper, I'm a combat vet. But I don't, I don't see myself that way. That war veteran. All right. All right. <laughs> war veteran. On. Chandler, Arizona. Beautiful family. Great dad. Great mom. Little sister. Older brother. I've known him for a really long time. Love this kid to death. And uh, I'm really excited. He, he didn't want to do this podcast. No, I didn't. He did not want to do it at all. And so I'm pretty excited that he, I got him here to sit down and talk a little bit. Um, if you're to this point, we cover some sweet things during this. So tune in for the whole thing. We talk about war. We talk about, you know, aliens, working out. <laughs> pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, paranormal activity, goals, planning, and what the military taught him to make it to his future. This is episode one, Bryology, Camden Crumb. Hope Come you enjoy it. <laughs> if I want to be a cop, I think you should have a partner for how much shit they get and how much on their public eye they are. They would need a partner. Everyone. Especially in like large cities. Mm-hmm. Like Baltimore. <laughs> New York. Mm-hmm. LA. Yeah. I think LAPD would be pretty sweet. That's actually what career Oakland. path I want to take. Really? Law enforcement. Start there and like possibly go into like CIA or like FBI or something like that. I think Didn't you just want to be a firefighter though? Yeah, but I hung out with firefighters and they're kind of soft. <laughs> Doesn't mean you have to be soft. I know, but when you're surrounded by a bunch of soft people, you turn soft. <laughs> it's like that saying, you are who you hang out with. Am I, am I wrong? You're right, but why can't you just make them tough? Yeah. If you got a bunch of dudes from the gym and you're just like, hey, let's go be firefighters. Yeah, you're right. And you just have a whole squad of... But it's part of the community already. They're like really respectful and they, when you're sitting at the table, they have like manners and... Oh, so they're gentlemen. Yeah, they're gentlemen. I'm not a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes down to, being a gentleman or not. Yeah. It's pretty dope, though. Good for him. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, nothing against firefighters, though, obviously, because they're still studs. Especially here in Arizona. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's a nutty job. And we love firefighting. We're firefighters, so that'd be pretty sweet. Man, in the uniform. Perk. Yeah. I'm not a pilot. I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. Isn't that, like, the number one? I'm afraid of heights, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Deathly. Grand Canyon? Never been there. Don't oh, really? Know. I've been to the Grand Canyon, but I hiked to the bottom. Okay. Because they have, like, those trails that are just normal. Have you seen that where it goes out? Like, it's a glass walk path. So it's like a, oh, yeah, a semicircle, no. just glass. And you can walk out, and, like, you're standing mm-hmm. on it. Do you like flying in general? No, I'm not a fan. I hate flying. My hands get so sweaty. On takeoff, I have to, like, grab onto the person next to me. It's so scary. Turbulence freaks me out every single time. So when I was going to have... So when we flew to Afghanistan... Um, we started out a commercial flight from Fort Polk, Louisiana to Massachusetts and then Massachusetts to Germany and then Germany to Kuwait. So we stopped in Kuwait for a couple of days. It was like two days. And then from there we jumped on a C-130. So the C-130, have you seen that a meme where it's like, this is what a Campbell Bass looks like and it's a bunch of soldiers sitting in a, a plane like nut to butt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. Dude, it is rough. So it's like seven-hour flight, and you have your duffel bag on you, so you're holding on to it. No shit. The front seat is like right here next to you. You're So you're this close, and the guy next to you is maybe three like centimeters. So you're sitting on this flight for like seven hours Hand with a duffel bag, kid on. How I mean, we didn't have to wear a kid, but some people do. But 
just holding your duffel bag like, for seven hours. There's no, there's no bathroom on the flight. Like I've heard stories of people puking and not being able to do anything about it, or you hear like some faint little water coming down, and it's someone's piss like going from the front of the plane to the back. No. Yeah, so it's rough. I hated that. Why don't I, you guys have that better flying for me? Because you have to get so many people onto one bird, and you don't want to take two because it costs money. That's yeah, it was rough. And then we took birds from. Um, where, where we go from Kuwait? We went from Kuwait to straight Afghanistan, like a big base called Baf. You're out there just serving the country, and then there's people here who are like luxury seats, yeah. laying back. LA to New York, they're using their Sky Miles and have movies. I actually had someone get up their first class seat for me when I was in uniform coming back. Oh, really? That's pretty sweet. That's awesome. But I was like, no, sir, don't worry about it. Like, of course, I'm going to do that whole, okay, here, here I go. Let me take your seat. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I was like, no, don't worry about it. Thinking to be like, no, seriously, take it. He's like, okay, for sure, you sure? And then, like, sat back down. I looked at him like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I actually wanted your seat, I actually kind of wanted your seat in the meal and the free drink. But it's whatever. I'll sit in the back with the rest of them. That's still awesome. Did a lot of people talk to you when you had your uniform on? Yeah. Like, they would stand up in the flight and, like, clap. It really? Like, it was over the top, though, yeah. I mean, it's not really over the top, bro. You're, I know, but you're the veteran. Tension, the tension. Veteran for what, four it years? It was me and a few others. Yeah, four. Four well, three, years? Three and a half contracts, so, yeah. Okay, but it's three and a half contract not counting the time that you were on leave, right? So four, three and a half years while you were actually there participating. Yeah, exactly. And you did one tour. One tour. Afghanistan. A log room. Log, what, what, what is it? Logman province, yeah, Logman province. And you're out there on, nine months. Nine months, sitting on a fob called Fob Gamberry. Tiny, it was like a one mile diameter. So running around it, no, we had to do four laps to make it one mile. So yeah, it was a quarter the size of a mile. It was yeah, like a so track. It was a track. No, it wasn't the size of a track. It had to be bigger than that. Because it wasn't like blocks. I mean, it wasn't like a perfect circle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'd run four times around. It'd be a mile. So it had to have been a track. It had to have been a quarter mile. Yeah, I guess. Because four times around track is exactly. So so it's just this little hole middle yeah, of Afghanistan. Only a mile. But we were, we were conjoined with the Afghans base, so our base was fenced off, and then we got the ECP, which is Entry Control Point, and then the um, ANA, which is Afghan National Army's base, and they were right there. And we'd leave the FOB every day to go into that base, and their base was shit. How long did it take you to get out there, though? So you... We'll talk about your childhood first. Okay. So you grew up in Chandler, Arizona. Yeah. Parents, you have an older brother, Little younger sister. sister, went to Basha. When did the decision to join the military happen? Um, so basically, I got bad grades, and I thought I was a stud wrestler, but I really wasn't. I mean, I was. But you I was, won nationals. I didn't win nationals. I won. I won fifth in the nation twice. Okay, so but that's, were, that was a different style of wrestling. That was you, folk style or freestyle in Greco, and then get a college degree. You have to do it in folk style. So you weren't as good of a wrestler in folk style as exactly. you were Greco. But at the same time, I could have been, but I just didn't put the hours in. Because I was a punk kid that thought I was better than everyone. And, and the I, difference between Greco is you throw, right? Exactly. And I was good at throws, but in folk style, it's more of like smooth, calm, cool, collected, and you have to be smart. You have to be a smart wrestler, and I wasn't a very smart wrestler. I just wanted to have fun and look cool on the Compulsive mat. wrestler? Yeah. And like do, do cool moves so the crowd would be like, ooh, and all. <laughs> but other than that, I wasn't... I wasn't what you could use in the fight? Exactly. When you suplex, what's his name? What was that kid's name? Isaiah Quiros. Quiros. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, it's still dope. But yeah, I suplexed the hell out of him. That was awesome. So you're a wrestler. 
And then so I tore. So I was. I took second my junior year. My senior year, I was undefeated going into sectionals. And then we had a duel about a week before sectionals. And it wasn't a week. It was like a month. And I tore my meniscus. And it was actually at ASU. We had an ASU duel tournament called Blackford Duels. And I tore it. And I was out for like a month. And the doctor's like, yeah, you're senior year. You're done. Like, you're not going to be able to wrestle anymore. So hearing that, like, I was determined to wrestle like probably D2. Mm-hmm. But I... I lost the scholarships because obviously if you don't compete your senior year, you only took second once, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get D3 or 4. So then after that, about two weeks before sectionals, I went to the doctor for the final appointment. And they're like, actually, you're cleared to go. Oh, really? Yeah, so I went up a weight class because I didn't have time and conditioning to cut weight. So I went 32s, took second in sectionals, went to state, and I was like one away from placing. But I got, like, caught in a cradle or something and got pinned, so I was done. And I was like, well, there's what goes my college. Uh-huh. And my family was too, uh, like, we're middle class, so, like, in 2008, that was under Obama, right? So I right. did the whole, he had son law. Like, he puts, like, a law into play where, like, tuition for, like, the poor, they could get grants and fees. And then obviously the rich was, like, good enough to pay for themselves. Right. But I was, like, right in the middle, so my parents were, weren't going to be able to pay for me. FOSA, like, right? So you couldn't apply for FOSA, exactly. so you couldn't That's get the, was, yeah. the federal aid to... To, to go, go to college. Because they were just above the line yeah. where you wouldn't get help, but you weren't, you know, yeah, they weren't loaded prepared to enough to pay yeah. for it. Because I thought, I mean, obviously I thought as well I was going to get at least a D2 wrestling degree or scholarship. But then I thought about the Army. I was enjoying the Marines, but the recruiter was such a dick. I, was like, <laughs> I thought that was what the Marines were. So I was like, nah. I'm what not made him a dick? Them. Why was he a dick? The one at Bash, I thought Hogan was dope. No, that's, the, that's Army. I'm, oh, I'm talking about Marines. Okay. So I was going to go Marines, but the recruiters were freaking out of their mind crazy. I was like, I don't want to do that. But then I went to Navy, and I didn't really want to be at sea for six months out of the year. And then I went to the Army recruiter and met Sergeant Hogan, who was like the best recruiter in the Army. I think he was like rated top three for being the best recruiter. But he was a shit, and he got me the job I wanted, which was infantry. Mm-hmm. So basically you chose Army because... Plan A of getting a wrestling scholarship didn't, didn't pan out. out, and that was my whole life. If I that was the whole that, plan. That was my whole plan in life to wrestle and then like get into MMA. But once I found I couldn't wrestle anymore, I was down in the dumps for like four months. Well, then you weren't training either, so then you yeah. all of a sudden are you know able to do it, and then yeah. you weren't prepared, you weren't conditioned, and then you got you still got fourth. Hadn't been training no, at all, and you still got fourth in state senior, senior year. No, I didn't place. Oh, you didn't place? No, I was one away from placing, and I got caught by this kid from Chandler, who I've previously beaten, but he got me. Okay. And you chose Army. And, and then, then you yeah. left. When did you? September. September of 2015. Yeah, I left to Fort Benning, Georgia, and that was, basic training was a trip. Like, while I was going through basic, I thought it was the hardest thing in the world, having, like, the drill sergeants in my face all the time. It was something new. And some kids could really deal with it. They'd break and quit. But, like, growing up with my dad and my grandpa and, like, wrestling coaches, like, I'm kind of used to it. But after I did that, I got out. I thought that was, like, the hardest kid ever. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go through Army training and then deploy, and then basic training was the dumbest, easiest thing that I did in the Army. What happens in basic? What's the, what's the juice for anyone that wants to go to basic? What's, you know, tricks, keys, hardest part? So they call it, like, stay in the gray. So what that means is, like, there's always kids in basic training that either get messed with by the drill sergeants a lot 
or they're the ones that stand out and like try to be that cocky team leader or class leader and like always finish first in the races do the most push-ups are like the most loud like inf- like motivating leader of the class and then there's the, the people in the middle so the brown noser no that keep to themselves oh okay so the people in the middle that don't say a word mm-hmm. and uh, the drill sergeant there's this one kid it was like week nine and uh, we're going through roll call and one of our drill sergeants called out a name I forgot what his name was but I'll just go with Wilson for right now he's like Wilson he raised his hand and the drill sergeant came up to him and said who the F are you <laughs> I'm like, I'm Wilson, Drill Sergeant. He's like, are you nude? Are you, like, are you a reclass recycle? He's like, I've been here for nine months, Drill Sergeant. And he looked around, and he's like, are you, is, is he serious? And we're like, yeah, that's him. Because he just shut up and kept to himself and had to do, did what he had to do. Like, He never got shit. Never got shit. The whole time. What about you? I got fucked with. <laughs> <laughs> I actually called my Drill Sergeant by his last name without using his uh, rank in front of it. So it was, you're, you're supposed to call him my Drill Sergeant. And his name was Joe Sergeant uh, Hainsworth. And he was like, hey, somebody get me a magazine. So I ran to my kid, grabbed a mag. I was like, here, Hainsworth. And I was like, oh. And he's like, beat your beat your face. So when I said beat your face, I have to get in push-up position. And I'll always remember that I had to do push-ups for like 30 minutes. And I had to stay in push-up position. That was the most effed up I got. How long were you in push-up position for? Probably like 30 minutes. While everybody else was doing the drills. I How long is there. basic? Three months. So it's three months. Actually, it's four months, 16 weeks. And you come home. And then you come home, and then you go to your duty station. And I got Fort Polk, Louisiana, the worst duty station in the Army. I remember you calling me and being like, man, I would be anywhere but here. Uh, my drill sergeant came up to me. He's like, what'd you get, Crumb? And I said, Fort Polk, and he just started laughing. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, have fun. I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, and then you see our other friends who are in, like, Florida and Colorado. Like, my best friend got Germany. My other best friend got Hawaii, California. You got Louisiana. I got the sticks of Louisiana. But the thing is, I wouldn't. I would, if I were to do it all over again, I would have gone back. Because the dudes I met in there. Yeah. What was the name of your platoon? So we were the 230, like, battalion was 230 Wild Boars, and I was attack company. Okay. So you get out of basic, then you go to Louisiana, and then you tried for... Ranger school. Ranger school. Yeah, I went th- to ranger school about two months in, failed. And then didn't have the chance to go back. And that's my biggest regret in life. Not even like my military career, but like in life in general. Because I was just too immature and wasn't prepared enough. Preparation is everything in the Army. Right. Also, in, I mean, in life as well, I guess, yeah. right? Preparation when you prepare. It's all about preparation. Yeah. It's all about knowing where you're going, right? Yeah. I Got went there now. with no idea what I was getting into. But if I were to go in now, I would get my Ranger title. So Rangers, for those that don't know, it's Navy SEALs pretty much of the Army. No, so... It's, it's so they're the elite infantry so there's infantry which is like big armies like the grunt soldiers like line soldiers we were uh, light infantry so we were the ones that on our feet walking on mountains and doing stuff like that and then rangers were the elite of the infantry so like the best of the best would join, go into the ranger battalion and ranger battalion we call ranger bat those dudes are badass and then it goes special forces, but special forces and rangers do two like their mission is two separate things. So okay. ranger school is a leadership school, so you just get to have the ranger tab, but you're not affiliated within the battalion. Okay, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like a ranking. So that it's, you the, can earn. it's the hardest military school to go through. To go through. So what was the difference? Navy between... SEALs will go through it and they'll fail. Really? Yeah, happens all the time. So I went through. I I was 18 years old, two months brand new to my unit, and day. Or I'll go with the hour. It was like hour thirty six. 
we're drained. We had a, we ran five miles. We're getting smoked all day. It was snowing, so it was like it was January. No, it was February. Yeah, February. And there was like snow up to my knee. I remember that. So we had to run through the snow, just like high stuff, and it was rough. So our bones were all aching. Oh. No food. No sleep. And we all we got time off. So like ten minutes, we sat down and like talked to the ranger instructors. We were just like bullshitting and. He asked the whole class, like, all right, who in here is 18? Just, like, joking around. And I look around, I'm like, oh, I'm the only 18-year-old. So I raised my hand, thought I was so cool. He's like, all right, perfect. You're a class leader. I was like, oh, no. So brand new private uh-huh. in charge of, like, s- like staff sergeants, some officers. And uh, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And everyone else got sleep, but had so many tasks complete, I couldn't get any sleep. So it was, like, hour 48, two days in with no sleep. And we were in a classroom. You hadn't slept for 48 hours? No, not at all. And we're also getting, like, physically smoked. So, like, push-ups, sit-ups, footer kicks, run a mile, come back with a bunch of weight. All day. All day. They're just trying to to mentally beat the hell out of you. But then we had to do land navigation and go find points in the snow. I fell into creek beds. It was awful. So we were freezing, miserable, starving, and tired. And I was sitting in a classroom learning about, like, squat attacks and I, I was falling asleep like I was head bobbing. In the RI, ranger instructor told me to stand up and go out to the side. So I stood up. And I was like feeling all light. I'm like, oh man, this isn't good. And I f- felt myself like going. And I just blacked out. I guess I hit my head and then seized out. And I got I got booted for the Only 18 year old in yeah. charge of everybody. Yeah. And you seize. And I seized out. How long is ranger school? It's uh, 52 dates. And you made it two days. I made it two days. You made it two days. Yeah. You had 50 to go. 50 to go, yeah. Holy. Yeah. If I were to go now, I'm positive I'd get my ranger time. That's one of the main reasons why I go. Why I would want to go back in. Just, just to prove it. Just to prove myself that I can do it. Because that was the biggest like ego check in my life. Because I always thought I was like the baddest dude in the room. Uh-huh. Like That's like kind of something I've always wanted to be. Uh-huh. Whenever I walk into the room, be the baddest dude. And then I just got humbled. Right there. Right there. When I couldn't make it two days with the to ranger school. It's almost like you want to go back just to prove just yourself. Just to prove myself, that yeah. I, I don't even do care this. about the tab. Like, you get the tab from ranger school. I don't even care about that. I just want to be able to tell myself that. I, I accomplished be- that. I was better than what I was before and uh-huh. accomplished something like that. The hardest military school. Out there. Out there. Harder than Navy SEALs. It's different. But, I mean, there's re- re- Navy SEALs, Special Forces dudes that go through ranger school and they fail. Right. But then there's rain, dudes with ranger tabs that go through buds or well, how, special forces. How far along were you in the military before you tried out for ranger school? So basic was four months, or actually mine was shortened, so I was in for about five months total. And then, but really, basic doesn't mean anything. You don't learn much. Just like kind of getting. But busy. you were in, you were in the military for in, five I was in, months. I was in my unit, which only that's the only thing that matters. Basic is stupid. Two months into my unit, when I got. Into ranger school. And we had to... Yeah, it was rough. And then you went for it. So you didn't have anything... I had no idea what I was doing. You just sent... You just... But the thing is, people with the same time in service went through and then they succeeded. So it's not like it's never been done before. It's been done... Actually, my sergeant major at the time, Sergeant Major Pertuz, he did it just like me at 18, two months in. Really? So I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. But no, I feel, kind of that, feel that, that too arrogance, much. cocky. Yeah, two days in. That's why you can't be arrogant. You have to be humble going into anything. Yeah. 
anything. I mean, it's especially sucked. the military, yeah, where people military. have been doing it for so long, and you think you know. I mean, yeah, you know how many times I've like talked to someone, and they're like, "Oh, I was thinking about going to the military, but you know, I just couldn't take a having the drill sergeant get in my face." Like that's just the worst attitude to have. You know? Oh yeah, the best leaders are the best followers, right? Exactly. Best people that will lead the whole squad, platoon, exactly. business are the ones that were the best followers before. Mm-hmm. So then you failed Ranger School or, you know, seized up because the hospital I, I failed. failed Ranger School. Lost, loser, up. okay. And then what happened after that? Um, I just started training with my uh, platoon to get ready to deploy because we found out we were deploying. I was a PFC at the time. And yeah, I was in uh, first platoon, attack company, three or 230 wild boars. We deployed to uh, Logman, Afghanistan, yeah. And what are the feelings in the, the, you know, platoon, the atmosphere? You know you're about to get deployed. You know you're going to war. Yeah, so we, we would train like, pretty much 20. So we when, when you deploy, you don't really get weekends off for, like, solid four months prior to it. You get some. Like, you probably get one or two during the month. But it was just training nonstop, and you're training with the same guys for that, that time. Uh-huh. And then you're doing the mission that you're doing out there. So what I did out there was uh, Guardian Angel. It's where uh, you have a personal security. You're a personal security for a higher up, like officers and sergeant majors. And when they go talk to village elders or when they go talk to the Afghan uh, army. Mm-hmm. So I was like a security guard, pretty much. For people that were of for a higher rank. In, my, in, the, in the U.S. Army, higher ranking, going to talk to elders or like advise and assist uh, Afghan colonels that were in charge of like a mortar squad or something like that so it just helped them out i know some people get emotional and they stress out and homesick but also I mean, you're going to afghanistan they're taking heads they're yeah. you know they're not out to be nice so when you get there kids freaking out nervous not I mean, really it's, it's years more old excited than anything to finally get out of there to finally because that's what it's like it's like this so it's a bad analogy but when you're in football and you're practicing and you're waiting for like the first game like, that's all you want to do. Like, you get the nerves, but you're more excited just to do what you've been practicing to do. Like, when the Army and the military, we want to deploy. Right. So when people say, like, why why are they sending troops out there? They don't want to go. Wrong. That's all they want to do. <laughs> Literally, all we want to do in the Army is deploy. And Marines say the same thing. Navy, they want to go on their, their little cruises. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Right. That's the military. But the little pregame jitters? I mean, all right, first mission, yeah. you're up. Let's start uh, walking through the streets. I was shitting it. For sure. I, I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't. Camp Crumbs First after. patrol, I was a, what was I? I think I was a, I was a driver. So I just learned how to drive the Max Pro uh-huh. when I got out there. So they taught me how to drive a wolf, like a five-ton vehicle when I was in Afghanistan. So I was a driver, and I had my whole team in the back, and the first patrol was a trip. It was, uh, we went to just some random village. We Nothing happened, but... Uh, there's we go we show up to the village and there's a bunch of little kids just running around like huddled around us. It was a trip. Just a bunch of a bunch of little like Afghan little. Have you seen the movie Lone Survivor? Yeah. And you know when the kid is like jumping down the mountain, like hopping from rock uh-huh. to rock, just flying down like a goat. And you, I like I was like that's not real until I got to Afghanistan. I saw these little kids just flying, no shoes on, just getting after it down hills and going up them too. Just they mobbing. Come, yeah, they come to us and throw rocks at us. But that's scary too, isn't yeah. it? Because you don't know. I mean, no those stories of kids having bombs strapped to their chest, and yeah, I mean, they're part of Al Qaeda too. Yeah, some of them can be their parents, and then their parents put them up to do shit. It's a different world over there. But I mean, just that village, the visit was awesome because we saw little kids, and all they wanted was pens. 
Pens. Pens. So they can go to school. Oh. Isn't that a trip? Yeah, for some reason my mind was saying pens like like e-cig pens. Yeah, e-cig like, like, oh, give me your jewel, dude. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, they wanted pens. From you our vape, bro? Yeah. Let me vape with you. They wanted our pens, but nothing else. They so they can go to school. So they can go to school, yeah. How crazy is that? Kids yeah. here will do anything to not go to school. Yeah, and that's all they wanted to do, was get pens so they could use it in class, because they probably didn't have pens for everyone. So we'd go out the next time with like the big cases no and just hand them out. Yeah. They just wanted pens, and they would try to steal the knife off my kit. And like try to steal my gun, but whenever they come up to me, they'd be like, pen, pen, pen. I'm like, alright, this is my last one, beat it. <laughs> They're just over there, just, hey, give me your pens, I'm trying to write some shit. Mm-hmm. Alright, and then, when was your first time engaging with Al-Qaeda or enemies of, you know, trying to get at you, trying to kill the... So, I never, like, got into a firefight or anything like that. Okay. We got We got hit, like, pop shots towards us, but nothing major, other than getting mortared. Like, that was the scariest thing to us. Like, we'd get mortared probably once once a week when we're on our fob. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they would get close. They would zero in, so they would start out pretty far... And they'd find where it hit. And then we'd end up trying to find their poo site, which is like the point of origin. And we go see where the mortar round came from. We go to the village, we go to the village, and they'd be like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. They're a bunch of liars. But yeah, that was the scariest thing mortar rounds. Other than so, because you hear like, so they have a thing called a CRAM, and there's a big bubble over our fob. Uh-huh. And whenever something like penetrates that bubble, you'll get this alarm that goes off, and you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. So you beat feet, go to a bunker, dive in there, and you'll hear the impact. But sometimes it'll go under the CRM, and you won't hear anything other than like a whistle. And then you'll just hear the impact? And you'll just hear the impact. So you're just chilling. Yeah, um, just chilling. I was hanging out by the, like, boom, bar. Call of Duty type. Yeah, you just hear, like, it's like out of a cartoon. No way. Like the whistle, like, what's that, uh, coyote in the... Oh, what? What's his name? The coyote in the fox. Oh, it's a wolf. No. Why the coyote? Yeah, why the coyote? Yeah, you know, like the. <laughs> Boom! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could hear the whistle, and one time it came under the C RAM, and we heard the whistle, we all looked at each other like, oh, fuck. So we just fucking dipped. And uh, it ended up hitting, like, right behind our heads, and then, like, blue shrapnel everywhere, and I was. But the thing is, it never exploded, it just impacted. So I just, like, hit the wall and stuck, and then the shrapnel came off the wall, but it never blew up. And I was like 15 meters away from it. So if it really actually like... Blew up, it would have... Yeah. But that's sure. scary as well, too, if it blows up when you guys go and look at it. Yeah. So you know, It might not have blown up on impact, but then it comes well, it back. Well, just, it just... Like, I don't know what... I don't know how, like, the anatomy of a rocket is, but... It literally just hit the wall, and then the shrapnel just went everywhere. It just never exploded. And then it just never, like... It was like a dud. Yeah, it was like a dud. It was a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. Who's looking out for you? Pop Mike, Grandma Kathy. <laughs> That's what I thought about. I did. Really? Yeah. That's like, your... Grandma and grandpa. On your yeah. mom's side? Dad's. Dad's side? Yeah. The whole time, you just expect that... You're hoping that they were looking out for you the whole time. Yeah. Like guardian angels, right? Yeah. Guess that could be a testimony. That could be a testimony. Yeah. I mean, just that story alone. Yeah. Could have died. Yeah, could have died. 15 feet away? Yeah. It was a trip. What's the... What would you say the biggest misconception is... Well, that people here in the United States believe about the war... Afghanistan, the military, soldiers, yeah. that really isn't true. So remember, this is coming from a corporal. Like I, That's what I got out as rank-wise. I'm a corporal. I'm no sergeant major. I'm no colonel. But from my point of view, 
after when they say like we're just in different countries for the oil and stuff like that it drives me nuts like if we were to leave afghanistan tomorrow like withdraw all the troops that whole country would be overridden like overridden by isis taliban i don't even know if al-qaeda is still around but if we were to leave they'd all be effed al-qaeda's not even around i've been saying al-qaeda the whole time you're so here like yeah. freaking dumbass dude no, doesn't know what he's talking about um like because i think they would just jump to isis or they would go to taliban like all right this is no longer a thing so we're gonna go to something else i don't know if it's for sure they might have small little mm-hmm. cells but so we believe that so we're there for the benefit of us but really we're just there to protect so our mission there is to help the government train advise assist uh, is what like our primary mission was train advise assist so when we go out on patrols we have to have a certain ratio so it would be like three to one three being the Afghan National Army's infantry to our one so they would do the missions but we would help them do it so we were teaching them on the like on the way okay. to become their own military so you're helping kind of build who yeah, they exactly. are so they we're can building their government and exactly we're building their government and military and by doing that we're helping them out and show them how we do it and they're still not even close to where they need to be. Okay. Yeah. And what, I mean, we also have this thought, I would like to say, that, you know, all people that come back from Afghanistan or war have PTSD or yeah, have these feelings. True. I mean, other than, like, hearing loud sounds, I'm fine. Loud sounds get you, though? Yeah, sometimes. Like, you jump, yeah, you like look that. for the door... You don't find yourself in a restaurant trying to sit somewhere to see an exit, or no? I didn't even see that much though. Like, I mean, I didn't get into one fight. Do you know people that are like oh, yeah, that? Absolutely. Like all my like I, higher ups, they're 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 messed they're up. They're messed up. Oh yeah. And then they get out of an army, and then they don't surround themselves with others that are like them, so they kind of feel like they're excluded from the the bunch because they're like on their own. The only weird ones. Yeah. And the separation is probably what makes them crazy more than anything is because they feel like they're alone. Yeah, exactly. It's almost that self-worth and self-identity that they don't necessarily they don't have anymore. But yeah, I mean, my old squad leaders, they've seen some crazy stuff I don't really touch on, but I mean, it's, it's a messed up world out there. Luckily, I didn't see it. I'm glad I didn't see it. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I would have gone to firefights and would have done like stuff like that. How do they deal with it? How do they deal with it mentally? I mean, after... A lot of them do deal with it with booze. Really, and it's not good, but I mean, that's... It's a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol, and then they deal with it. Sometimes they'll get a therapist, but a lot of them are prideful, and they won't do it. Those talk to each other. So more than and not... there's a great... I mean, they find humor out of it, which is crazy. There's this thing called VetTV.com, or it's just Vet.TV, and it's just, like, own private um, filmmaking, uh, like, production, and they make a bunch of videos for, like, wounded, like, PTSD mm-hmm. vets, and it's just the most messed up humor ever really and you can relate to it because then the infantry and like combat like branches like marines army like special forces all that the humor is so messed up like well that's touching on things i mean people are killing themselves because of it and they're making a joke out of it yeah it's just i don't know it's hard to explain you have to see it for yourself and you have to understand the humor they're not totally shit i mean sometimes they are i don't know it's (laughs) it's hard it's, it's hard to explain but they result to humor Therapy and booze. So drugs, just booze. Pills for like their PTSD. But I mean, I obviously wasn't gonna ask too many questions to those that did. Yeah, it's almost like a sensitive subject. It is, but I mean, it's just reach out. That's it. Reach out. Kind of a friend on a talk to someone that you went through it with. Because I mean, you're not the only one that went through 
what happened. You had a whole platoon company tying with you, right. so stay in contact with them. Okay. Here's a little bit more of an interesting question for you to think about. You've been out for what, a year? Yeah, no, six months. Six months? You've been out for six months. What has been the difference between you having a brotherhood, you having a family, and now you here trying to figure out the next steps in your life, but not having that support system necessarily, considering that your brother's working, your dad's working, yeah. and you're kind of here just, you know, working on the side, participating in jujitsu, winning yeah. matches. But what's kind of been the hardest, different the for hardest, you, the hardest yeah. thing, the best thing, and something that's kind of motivated you to get through? It's just staying busy, because in the military, you're just, your schedule is just nonstop. You're always moving. And once you... What's, what's the word I'm looking for? I use it all the time. I can't think of it right now. Um, not scheduling, but... What is it? Um, I can't think of it right now. When you're, when you're... What's the word? When you have a schedule or... You're being proactive. Proactive and stuff like that. It's just like when I... I don't... I have a part-time job right now, and then I go to school with the GI Bill, and when I'm not doing that, I'm just kind of sitting around not doing anything, and that mm-hmm. just kind of makes it worse so you have to always just be active and set goals and then execute the goals and make new goals and then execute those and just keep on going and doing that because that's that's what the military was and i like straight away from it but i'm trying to get back to it you have to find hobbies as well so that's what were some of the key things that you took away from the military that you believe everyone should implement discipline but now i'm like straying away from it but i'm discipline in what discipline in everything you do i mean there's this saying discipline equals freedom by Jocko Willink, mm-hmm. Navy SEAL. He's going to be on the podcast next time. Oh, yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> got some money, then maybe. But yeah, discipline. Discipline in everything you do. Waking up in the morning, waking up early, making your bed, keeping that schedule of having that workout at the same time, even the breakfast, eating right, maintaining like a healthy lifestyle, going to the gym, doing stuff like that. Just having a nice schedule and not becoming stagnant. Yeah. I remember when I came home from Peru, the first thing I missed was having a companion, having someone there with me all the yeah. time. Just that brotherhood of constant. That's what feeling. I miss the most. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, same with like sports. I feel like a lot of athletes that don't make it to the NFL or don't make it to college, the thing that they miss the most is almost, you know, fellowship, yeah. teammates. I mean, but you can find it. Yeah, in different things. Hobbies like jujitsu. That's what I that's my passion now. Like that's my new The friends you make there. Yeah, I've made so many friends now in my jujitsu gym. And I already think about with them as family. And I've only been there for like three months now. Man, but there's something. That's a good one because there's something about bleeding, sweating, and getting know. to the point where you could possibly murder someone. Because you just sort of that mad them. Yeah. It's just the sport. It's the gentle. It's the competitiveness. Yeah. I, Being competitive and like, I mean, you're me and you said so me and you roll, and I get to this point where I could possibly end your life. <laughs> No, that's, that's that's what it is though. And then you tap, and then we we slap hands, and then we right. go again. Yeah, and there's okay, something there's something you. weird in that. Right? And just yeah, that bleed, everything that has to do with kind of that competitive nature, yeah. that bleed, sweat, tears, cry, yeah. hug me, love me, but I could also kill you right now. Something I mean, it's just different now. It's These kids are playing out. Fortnite. Some people find their best friends playing Fortnite. And, yeah. I mean, whatever it is, find something that you can get friends with. Yeah. And, passionate about I mean you can make money off of playing video games now what, Twitch that ninja guy ninja's sick ninja's I'm awful at Fortnite. Play, I'm so bad I'm awful I drop tilted just to try to get one kill and I just get murked yeah, every awful. time I feel every bad time. whoever I play with because we're gonna lose pretty much 99% of the time I never play video games I think I've played Fortnite three times 
I play it sometimes totally. when I have nothing going on, but I should probably play less. I play maybe like two hours a week. You want to know why I don't play? I, I honestly believe this is why I don't play. It's because I'm so bad that I hate myself when I play. Really? You yeah, because I, I, I just get so mad. Well, also, you probably, because you have like an addictive personality and everything you do, you're really good at. So if you if you were to like really get into it, you would just play nonstop just to become like you just try to master the trade. Oh, seriously! I remember when Halo came out and everyone was playing online. Mm-hmm. I would be in here for hours before yeah. school, after school, just trying to get good. I've never been good trying to get that hours. ratio. My mom got so pissed at me one time because I was late for school. I missed the bus. She came in, opened the Xbox, and snapped Halo right in half in front of me. Get your ass to school. She's gonna hate that I'm putting this on here. She snapped it, threw it. Get your ass to school. Never. I don't think I played Halo since. It's a trip. Ada's got some cannons on her to rip a CD. Dude, I don't even think I could do that. My mom. You see those dudes that can rip a phone book? Oh. Or yeah. like they curl the frying pan with their their forearm. You seen that one? Yeah, and they just they just like curl it over. Dude, it's magic. What's that one? David Blaine, the street magician. Who's the street David magician? Blaine. Is it David Blaine? Yeah. He's going these like opening metal bars and just well. Yeah. There's a trip. There has actually. to be something. But the big dudes I can see doing it. David Blaine. There's. I don't believe magic, and I don't believe. You don't believe in magic. Well, obviously, I don't believe. So I don't believe in like street ma- magicians. There's always something behind it. I'm like, I'm a skeptic when it comes to most stuff. Like earlier, before this started, we we're talking about the paranormal stuff. Dude, that's scary. I don't believe it. I don't you believe you don't believe it, but you kind of believe it. No, I don't. A hundred percent don't. I've never met anyone's a hundred percent. I you mean, you just said, "Is your house haunted?" Because you heard. I was something. making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but seriously, 100%. I've never seen anything paranormal, so I'm not going to just believe because Travel Channel has a show every Wednesday night that shows some goofy-ass host getting scared by a ghost. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I've never still, seen... You, if my parents, my mom, happen, and little sister believe in it. 100%? If something happened to me, I don't know, I would think it's like maybe electrical. So it's like this fan, like the light flickered. Do you think it's a ghost doing it, or do you think it's oh, electrical? Oh, no, it's the electrical. Okay, then what possibly... Tell me, being... Um, what is it in the uh, Poltergeist when you get um, a demon takes over your body? What's oh, uh, um, I don't know. Exorcism? What is it? What's yeah, it? when you get exercised? <laughs> no. Anyway, exorcism. What... I don't know. When you get taken over, your body's by, taken over. Yeah, by a demon. And yeah. then you go to a priest and the priest goes freaking, throws the holy water. Dude, the reason I believe, and this is like off record, call me crazy, is because when I was in Peru crazy stuff would go down just because i believe in a darker area where you know crazy things go on those spirits might have a little bit more power or you know when you believe in it more it happens a lot more it's kind of like when you think i'm gonna get a canker sore next week you have a canker sore and you're like Mm. what the hell why did that happen but down there they they worship them they'll almost you know light candles and say satan come take my body and stuff like that happens there's satan worshipers all everywhere look at that yeah no there is but i mean do you really believe that they shake because the devil is taking over their body? I don't know. See, I think that there's something different. Yeah. In there, I think that's I think that's someone acting a certain way. But I believe there's spirits. Yeah. I believe things do happen. Same with aliens. This is gonna be so weird, but I believe that there's some type of creature oh, somewhere else in the whole galaxy. Yeah. There's that picture of like you are here in the tiniest. And that dot was of a only star. our Milky Way. Yeah. There's so much other. Somewhere in outer space, there. I mean, the law of averages, well, something's there. They say space is infinite, right? Yeah. 
goes so on forever. So there's an infinite amount of situations. And we just got lucky. Ever. Yeah. We're just one planet, and think, all of, there yeah, has to be something else. There's, Are another, they green? there's another Bryant Black out there somewhere. Which sitting just like me. Yeah, but better looking. Probably taller. Taller. Definitely taller. Yeah, yeah he's definitely probably taller. Faster. Strong. For sure. Has a game. This podcast probably has a ton of views. Pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a trip. But anyway, I don't back think they're to the, green. Back to the paranormal thing. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think, like, those aliens are green. We call them aliens because they're, you know, like not the, of the, that white sheet with two holes in it? Yeah, like, I don't think that's the ghost. I think mean, it's just, you know, it's like Harry evil, Potter almost. Evil spirits? Don't oh. talk about Harry Potter like that. It's almost like Harry Potter, bro. You know how the spirits come through? There's that headless Harry or whatever his name is? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I still am skeptical. Until it happens to me, then I will change my mind. If something happens... Tonight, dude, something's happening. I know, I'm just asking for You're it. Asking. Casper's gonna come out of nowhere and bitch slap me. I'm screwed. Dude, tonight, you're, you're gonna call me tomorrow morning. And actually, you know, can I spend the night, bro? I don't wanna be alone. I'm not getting molested by <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting touched by a ghost, man. It's all you. You know my favorite band, Incubus? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that an Incubus is? Tell me. It's a demon that rapes you. You're about to get incubus I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. trip. They're gonna start playing Incubus, and Incubus can't be grown. That's about to happen. Sorry, but yeah, I don't believe in it at all. No, Santa Claus. No, we boys actually. <laughs> no, we got any of that. Oh man, that is crazy. What do you believe in? What's what's something that you believe in that a lot of people don't? Something I believe in that not a lot of people don't. Conspiracy thought. See, like I said, I don't really believe in conspiracies. I mean, probably the craziest thing would be aliens. I believe they exist, and they're like light. How you couldn't? Like they're light years ahead of us, and they just like you know what? I give up on these people. We're not gonna help them. They're they're screwed. What do you think? That saying, "Speak it into existence." Do you believe you can speak your future into existence? No, I think actions speak louder than words. I really, genuinely, I I do believe that. Because, like, when they did that study of, like, when you tell some people your goals, it doesn't end up happening as, mu- uh, as much as someone that didn't tell people their goals. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact study behind it, but it was proven true that if you don't tell people your goals and you just st- stick to yourself and do what you have to do, you'll get there. Rather than someone telling, like, oh, I'm going to be an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And then you already think of me as an MMA fighter. So I already get that... Um, that feeling of you already look at me to be a badass mm-hmm. when I don't have to get to that position right. to have that label because you're already giving it to me. Well, you already feel like a failure. You're not there right then. Yeah. I believe in telling a few people your girls, people that are going to help you yeah. get there. But like, I go out to a bar, I have a few beers, and then I'm like sitting next to some dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking going to be the world champion in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> like, that's, He's like, yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. And then some of them eat it up. They're like, oh, hell yeah, dude, do that. I'm freaking kill it. Oh, yeah, you're the best. You're mm-hmm. Especially people close to you. Yeah. I think you need to be really selective with who you tell it to. Yeah, I agree. But I what mean, about telling speaking, yourself? Yeah, telling yourself that. That's just like visualization is key to a lot yeah. of champions when they say that. They say that's like the biggest part of their Envisioning the success before. Like Conor McGregor, Cody Garbrandt, like all that big MMA fighters say a visualization of being able to say that I've seen myself in that position already. Ty so, Matthew says that too. So I know I can be there. Yeah. Like Cody Garbrandt was like, I envisioned myself becoming a champion two years ago, holding this belt and becoming the UFC champion. And he's like, you have to, I mean, I guess speak into existence, but visualizing uh-huh. it and saying it to a few others. I believe in vision huge. I believe yeah. 
I agree. Yeah, having the vision, more importantly to yourself than anybody else, writing your goals out every single day. Yeah, I, I don't think do that. that. I such an that. impact. Yeah, it's. I do it now. I write my you know physical goals every day. I write my financial goals every day. Emotional goals, spiritual goals. I don't. You know? I, I'm at that point in my life though. I don't know what I want. Well, that's the first thing you gotta figure out. Exactly. What do I want? Yeah. How do you find that out? That's a good question. How do you figure out what you want? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people look at it in the long term. What do I want? You know, I ten want, years down the so road. What do you want this week? What's something that would satisfy you? What do you want this morning? Tomorrow morning, what would make you happy? It's setting little goals. I'm yeah. gonna wake up at this time. My alarm. My alarm is going off at six thirty. I'm not hitting snooze. Yeah. I'm waking up at six thirty, and guess what? I'm making my bed six thirty one, so my room's clean. I've already. That's two wins for the day. Yeah. That's two wins already. You already woke up on time. You already made your yeah, bed. Yeah. I'm gonna shower. I'm gonna go to the gym first. Three wins. The gym, come back, and make a nice meal. I'm gonna eat healthy. Dude, that's the hardest thing for me. I don't eat right. Me neither. I I want to call it intermittent fasting. I want to say I'm fasting, but really I just forget to eat. Yeah. It's not fasting. Well, what pisses me off is that if I were to do that, I would lose ten pounds in a week. <laughs> if you were to do that, you'd be straight. No, dude, I'm not straight. I'm I think I straight. eat a lot, and I'm still scrawny. But do you eat right? No, that's the thing. I don't eat right, dude. I, I eat freaking Pop Tarts and those Favoritos. I don't even know how to eat right. I don't even know what. It's expensive. What? Whole foods and like. Rice, chicken, all the time. It's kind of. I mean. It's bland. Yeah. So. I like, I like eggs. I like fish and eggs. Fish, eggs. Tuna. People are doing that keto diet now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just no carbs. Yeah. And I think setting goals for that, too, is something I need to work on. But those goals every single day. That gets you to where you want to be. I mean, you're doing jujitsu right now. You don't know before you want to see yourself doing that long term. I still do. So you still do. I you think just, I'll you do. Just talk think, about it. Like I think I'll do jujitsu in for the rest of my life. Really? Yeah, because I mean, you can be a 55 year old. Joe Rogan does after, it. Yeah. Joe Rogan kills it. Yeah, there's a lot of old dudes getting there that tap me out. But you were wanting to do UFC. That's what I want to do. I have, too, I have too many concussions. I think. I mean, it's still an option for me, but. I have, nine. I have four, and I'm 22. It's not good. Like, four, like, actually documented mm-hmm. where I've been to the hospital. And then there's other ones where I've, I'm sure I have, like, six, that, but four are documented. Okay. I'd like to go see what, like, a CT scan would do. Because yeah. they could tell you how, what, what age your brain is. Really? Mm. I do like that, that too. one, uh, he was an old, he was an old quarterback for the, Redskins, he ended up killing himself, and the parents did a CT scan on his brain, and the doctors told him that his brain was 65 years old, and he was really, like, 32. Really? Yeah. Because just but they, it. But they asked the parents, like, do you believe that football killed your son? They're like, no. That's, that's just, a heavy... That's I know. controversial, too. How would you like to put your kid in that sport? Well, that's a, that's a heavy question. Yeah. Hey, you think football... Did you kill your kid, making him play football when you were younger? Well, they went out and, like, told them to write the story for their son. That's and then, crazy. Yeah. What were, we, what were we talking about? That's the same thing. That's the same thing, though, with football players. We're talking about those goal settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they retire. That's why all of them go broke. That's why they all go broke. That's why you they, should get a college degree. They don't, I mean, yeah, a college something, degree. Something to fall back on. Well, I don't necessarily... Man. Learn a trade. Learn something. Anything. Like, anything. When you go back to school... I mean, I'm they, going to school. They should have millions. I'm saying, oh, saying, I'm saying them. I mean, yeah. a lot of them don't go back to school. Just save money. I think yeah. that's a lot, of, a lot of people should be saving their money. They're buying three houses, a boat. It's like, man. Well, also, if you're a 17-year-old kid that's a busser at your local freaking bar, yeah. put away 50 bucks every paycheck. Well, hey, are 50, you living at home? I'm saying... Yeah, exactly. If, if you're living, at, living what, at home... What do you have? Phone, car, fun... 
food? I did 80-20 rule. If you have payments, if you have to, you know, pay car insurance, free so car, phone. Say you make, say you make fifteen hundred a month for a kid, and then you have five hundred dollars worth of bills. All that needs to be down. going. All that needs to be going into savings. I think it should so be eighty twenty. A thousand dollars should be going. I think it's eighty twenty. So I think you're, if you so have you're no saying payments, it's only eight hundred dollars out of the thousand, and then you hold on to the two hundred for fun. Yeah. I think it's eighty twenty. I think eighty percent. If you don't have any bills, if your parents are still helping you out, I mean, some people are going to be younger than yeah, you know so twenty two. Like parents are still parents paying for stuff. I mean, I got out of high school. My dad was like, "Have fun, bro. Yeah, no shit. Go, go get a job and go do your thing." But I'm yeah. not paying for anything. Some kids, parents are like giving them and they this they don't save their money. They yeah. have probably two grand worth oh. of. Fun money. Or and all of a sudden they get like forty thousand dollars off something. And I was doing they're buying that. Louis Vuitton stuff. I'm like, and <laughs> what? Yeah, I was doing Crazy. that myself for a while. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just blowing through this money. Possibly because I just got out of the military, so I don't have fun. Yeah. So now I'm like over the whole party scene, to a degree. <laughs> but I think I should be saving money. I mean, I started. And I want to go travel, so that's what I'm gonna put the money towards. Well, if you if you don't have any expenses. 80% of your paycheck needs to go straight to a savings account and 20% can be for fun or whatever you want to I be. agree. If you do have bills and stuff you need to pay for, you're married, whatever, 80% needs to go towards that and 20% needs to go in savings. But nothing less than 20%, you need to work for that. You need to work to make sure that you're making enough money that no matter what you do, 20% of your paycheck is going into savings. I Every agree. single time. I agree. If you do that for a year, I mean... More than a year. I mean, yeah, a year. Average American out of college is making $52,000. Is it really that? Yeah. $52,000. That's it. Straight out of college. You don't think that's that much? I mean, You think it should be more starting out? Well, I just think, I think it's so limited. I think people don't look at money the right way. Well, some, I mean, everyone's middle class living paycheck to paycheck, and it's because they're doing what we're talking about right now. They didn't save when they were younger. They didn't invest it properly. I mean, there's people who are 30 years old who have, you know, property and condos, and they're getting cash flow every month now, and their cash flow is just as much as their paycheck. So they can go to Cancun for the weekend, and then all, they're still getting a check that month for $1,100. Yeah. But it's because they got those golden handcuffs on them when they were, you know, 22 years old. That's also, say, that, that comes back to discipline, though, doesn't it? Oh, it's discipline. Yeah, you're right. My mom's a firm believer everybody should go to the military. I think I, Everybody I, should be in the military. I think at least two years, like Israel does, even females. And everyone needs to be in the military just for a little bit. And we have less, you know, what's out there in the world, feeling sorry for themselves. Go see the world. Go see what actual struggle is like. Man, stress, the anxiety that kids have nowadays. It's video ridiculous. games, social media, video games, social media. And that's media. one thing that obviously you saw as well because you were gone for two years. But I was in, when I was in Afghanistan, I came back. I was like, why are people so get caught up in bullshit? Like, get mad about the littlest things. Well, relationships, they get mad about that. Like small things in relationships, like traffic. Mm-hmm. Just it's just little things that you learn. It's like it's not that bad. Just appreciate stuff a lot more. And yeah. then I think if you join the military for two years, you'd find out that we got it so goddamn easy. Yeah. There's kids out there that have to walk four miles every single day to just get water for their family, and they're like twelve. We're so spoiled. And we're so negative. I'm like, dude, I just oh ran out of jewel God. pods, man. What am I gonna do? <laughs> get Bro, over yourself. My jewel. I totally lost my jewel. What the hell? I want to head kick everybody that said that. <laughs> just line them up. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom didn't pay for my Xbox account this month. I know, dude. I had that gold membership. Now well, I have silver. We don't have any gold <laughs> membership. There's just I. I think we're way attracted to negative, you know, negative activity. All social media, the biggest accounts are all you know jokes, making fun of people. Yeah, it's the also military, police, government. 
everything is just it's all negative now. Everything's negative. It's twisted negatively. When's the, what's the, okay, how about this? When's, what's the last happy so- story you've heard? I've heard? Yeah, last one. How well, long? Should I, it take you that long to think of... Well, I listen to them every day, but I seek okay. them out. You see, send, so, I, see, that's the thing. If you go seek out happiness... So I seek it out every day. I mean, I, I send them to you. I'll send you a you video. Sent me, you sent me one today, or yesterday. Yeah, I usually look them out, so I think it's different for me. But what I'm saying for the average person, oh. all they see is in CNN and Fox News is Trump this, Trump that, freaking immigrant... Not even have to be politics. It's just someone getting shot, someone doing this, someone being in the wrong. When's the last time you've heard like a feel-good story about someone doing something well? Yeah, it's just how it is now. It's crazy. They say that for like the end of the news. We'll tell you a story about some amputated or, kid that. Or if you want to hear wrestling. a good story, go to our website. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. It's like not even. You don't hear about charities doing well anymore. Everything's just so negative and twisted. It's crazy, and we. We want it to be that way. We made it that way. No, yeah, we made it that way. Negativity obviously. sells for some reason. It's weird. People... I think it's cool to be fucking mentally depressed as well. That's what's, yeah. that's, that's what's weird, too. Songs, too. Like, yeah. in the feels. I it's... love Drake. People, like, are attracted to that feeling of being sad. Well, it's not even that. It's just... With, like, Instagram, Twitter, they, like, talk, like, mental health issues. Like, it's so glorified. Yeah. It's like, it's cool to be depressed. Like, Triple X or Extension, whatever that idiot's name is. <laughs> like everyone like loved him for like because he was depressed and just sad and sorry for himself. Uh, can know, you cook? I'm you can't cook. I'm a chef. After this, really man, though, really, I'm can you up. cook? Yeah, I can cook. Huh. Right. Do I cook well? No. Yes. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> I, I can do. Cook. I can cook breakfast. Other than that, I can't barbecue. I can't do anything you else. You can't barbecue. No, I mean I can I can put it on a freaking chicken cutlet, throw it on there, sit and flip it. You but can I'm no spice master. it up real quick. It's not that hard. It's not. That's why it's they really not tasty from Facebook. Mm. Save your life. <laughs> well, YouTube teaches you everything you need to know now. It's easy. If you want to become good at something, watch YouTube videos. Seriously. Man, back in the day, they had to go to the library, use the Dewey Decimal System, and read five books. <laughs> we have it so easy. We have Dude, everything. In our, everything in our pocket. It's crazy. Parents nowadays are not even teaching their kids. You know, they come home, mom, can you help with homework? YouTube it. Uh, Alexa. <laughs> hey, Alexa, teach my kid algebra. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Periodic tables, go. Babysitter. Everyone has a nanny now. Yeah. All these parents with kids that have nannies. Don't raise their own kids. Yeah, it's crazy. Why even? Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, some people need them. They work, you know, they yeah. got to maintain, but it's insane how everyone just has nannies. It's 24-7 nannies well, is the yeah. trip sleep there you know that's weird to me. I'll never have that I want to be able to raise my kids that's something I'm really looking forward to oh I want a kid having like family and yeah. having kids that'd be so sweet my kid's gonna beat your kid's ass dude I can't wait really my kid's gonna steal your girl's girlfriend come on <laughs> no but my kid's gonna be sweet your kid's gonna be ugly. ugly wow <laughs> oh man no, I uh, I think my kid will definitely kick your kid's ass, but it's uh. Well, now we'll, I'm gonna make it the we'll kid, my, my kids like sole like that's sole all, purpose. Sole purpose in life is to beat Bryant's son's ass. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu every day, morning workout. My son is gonna take your daughter on a nice date. Easy now. Never, Easy. never Easy. call her back. Never. Take her on a date. Give her a nice, you know, good time. Never call her back. Break her heart. Put you in a spin for two weeks. Well, that's probably just the meanest thing I've ever said to me. It's all right. It's all right. Why do some of the Well, I think coming back to what we were talking about with how do you figure out what you want to do, 
I, I was just, just I was just talking to I had a coaching session mentor counseling with this girl from Florida just just this week she had the same question how do I decide what I, her question was what should I major in I feel like I only have one opportunity to choose a major in college and a profession and I don't want to mess it up I don't want to be sad the rest of my life which isn't true at all uh, I think it's like 87% you actually use their degree actually use yeah. what they majored in only I mean 87% don't use it sorry yeah 13% use what they yeah. majored in and that's what professions like doctors lawyers veterinarians those are the people that use what they major in everyone else just goes into you know whatever they can get and they work their way up in the company usually yeah. so I was telling her it's not like that at all can usually major in whatever the hell you want. Well, also you can try out. out new things for your freshman sophomore year. You don't have to decide on a degree like me. I've, I'm only one semester into college, and I don't know. I've changed it three times. Yeah. I went from PE teacher to firefighter to cop, now to psychology. Psychology's sick. Though. I think so, and I'm a stick on a psychology because I think it kind of borders everything that I possibly want to do. Right. Law enforcement or teaching or whatever it may be. I still don't know, but uh-huh. I think a good advice to them would be try new things. Just like, try experiment. Experiment. Just jump into trial some, and error. They're young. Yeah, jump into some class that you would never expect of doing. 17, 18 years old, and they're worried about. I mean, they should be planning. They should be figuring it out. Like we said earlier, that map of I want to get here. Here's the end result is important. Mm. But the path to get there can change. It needs to be flexible planning, yeah. because in the end, not everything goes exactly how you plan. And I told her that, and she was like, "Well, how do I start the process of learning?" So we got our piece of paper. And this is like a Skype call, right? So I'm not there. But she got a piece of paper and I said, well, what are your values? You know, what do you love? What do you support? What is, what's something that you firmly believe and that you care about? So she wrote a list of 25 things. And we came together and we said, well, this fits in this category. This fits in this category. This fits in this category. And we kind of figured out what her future would look like a little bit, what she wanted to do. She really liked drawing. That was something that she really enjoyed. Yeah. So, But she didn't want to go into art because she thought, I can't make any money in art. Well... People make a lot of money in art, yeah, so right. first thing you're doing is dogging yourself, yeah. which is my biggest pet peeve. You're looking to do when, something and try yeah, to be the best at it. Well, not even that. When people, she said that she couldn't be an artist because her counselor at school told her she couldn't be an artist. So she told me. She said her counselor, counselor actually said that. To her, her counselor told her you shouldn't be an artist because it won't make you any High money. High school counselors like, are probably the worst. I'm like, what do you mean? Worst. If you want to do that, that's what you need to do. Yeah. She's like, well, I want to make money too, and I was like, make money, being find a way. Yeah. You gotta do what you. I hate when people, I mean, people tell kids that, that they can't do something. Yeah. Big, biggest pet peeve, because they can't. You know, the week before, I was talking to a girl who wanted to go to Harvard, and her parents said you can't go to Harvard. And I was because like, well, she's, too, because it, she was too stupid. Yeah. Or no, she had a four point three GPA. She's like, it won't get you where you want to go. I was like, that's what, what you, the parents told her. Yeah, her parents said you shouldn't go, and I was like, well, what's your family's income? And she's like, well, we live. Um, I don't know. Our house is pretty big. We have like six bathrooms, and she was like trying to explain how much money they made without telling me how much money they made, and it was a ton. They're like bringing in more than a million dollars a year. Like right. her dad was well off; they had two homes. Oh, but her parents could she get scholarships to it? Yeah, she could. She could you know how many scholarships are out there? So thousands. Don't, don't get me started on scholarships. Thousands. Forty-six billion dollars in scholarships every single year. Forty-six billion dollars for the small stuff too. Think about that. Forty-six billion dollars. Do you think if you were just like some three-point-two student GPA, and you had no scholarships, like big, like tuition, all of it paid for, and you were to go online and sit down for like 100%. maybe ten hours a day? Hundred percent. Not ten hours a day. Ten hours a week. Hundred percent. For a month. Dude, I have. And find everything you need. Hundred percent. Next chapter training. It's this. It's this company that kind of affiliates with high school students and prepares them. They have a scholarship survival guide. Literally, bro. Literally, it like plans out 
exactly what you need to do to never pay for college. It's crazy. If you just, I think it's, I think they say one hour every week for the first four weeks that you're in high school for that school year or the first whenever. If you just plan which scholarships you're going to choose and you apply with the same essay to all of them, you're almost guaranteed to get $5,000 in scholarships. Because everyone's applying for full tuition, $20,000. Like the small ones? Bro, $250. What, are, what, are they, what kind are they though? What do you mean? Like, give me an example of a smaller scholarship that I could be. A, well, I'm especially that you're a vet. Okay. There's, there's probably than, a ton of those. Other than that, like if I'm gonna say I'm a, a male, Ca- Caucasian normal kid from Chandler, Arizona, middle sure. class. Dude, there's you know middle class scholarships. There's scholarships for guys with. There's scholarships for anything. You can go to Dell, and Dell is gonna have a scholarship. Oh, Microsoft right. is gonna have a scholarship. Usually, high schools will have all the information for the scholarships in your area. But there's just scholarships for everything because people like to label that they've done that. It's a write-off for them. Yeah. For companies doing well, a scholarship. Also, also, I feel like Hispanic, like... Indians get everything paid yeah. for. Or Native Americans. Native Americans. Politically correct. You can't Jesus, say anything. <laughs> African Americans, they can get it. And then, like, Pacific, like, Hawaiians, I think they have a degrees or scholarships for them. There's everything. Right. Under the sun. And it's just, why... There's usually just an essay, why do you think that you, you know, should apply for this scholarship? Why do you need the money? What's so you're saying write one for? essay instead of two. Oh, all. if you write a generic essay and you just change it, so you're going to have a few, I think they Guidelines. have it. On that scholarship survival guide, they have like an essay outline of what you should write. And you just, twist. the first sentence needs to be a hook. And after that, you just twist it. Yeah. You just twist it to, I think I should get, instead of it being the Red Bull scholarship, I need the, you know, Up Kirkland the Signature Purified Water Scholarship because... I'm trying to pay for school so I can do this in the community and end up changing this many lives. Yeah. You got to play the game. Life's a game, right? And if, if you want to play it or not, it, people are playing. Someone's going to get that money. Yeah. Someone's going to get that scholarship. Why shouldn't it be you? If so, you apply for 100 scholarships, the likelihood that you're going to get one... How many think if I applied for 100? No. Did, did it the way you said. Oh, I bet you. With an essay. You would probably think I like... I bet you get 15. 15? If you, if you went in one hour every week for four weeks and you were just picking out essays that you think you would apply for, like, I think this one would be good for me. Yeah. I think this one would be good for me. And you kind of get the general idea of all of them. And how much money do you think you'd give her for the 15? Well, it depends on the scholarships you apply for. Yeah. But at least, you know, it's two to five grand, man. It's just, it's so much simpler than people think it is. Yeah. So much simpler. You just have to, no one wants to put in the work. Everyone's lazy. One essay, apply it to everybody, and you need to contact the scholarship committee too. What's that? So most scholarships have a board or a committee that you know is in charge of the scholarship of why they're doing it. Send them an email. If they have a phone number, call them. Hi, my name is Camden Crum. They hear your name. Boom. I'm interested in this scholarship. I want to make sure I have all of the details correct. List off the details for it. If I'm missing anything, could you please let me know? And if there's anything else that I can do to kind of ensure that I could receive this scholarship, um, that'd be great for you to tell me as well. Camden Crum, thank you, send. Damn. Your name's in there twice. They've seen your name already, and then you're gonna, con- once you submit the application, email them again. Hi, it's Camden Crum again. I just wanna let you guys know that I sent in my scholarship, and if you didn't get it, could you please advise me so I can make sure you guys do. Three times they've heard your name before they've even seen it. The fourth time, they see your scholarship right there. They're like, oh yeah, this kid's contact us. This kid wants the money. This kid needs it. Yeah. Just bugging the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's not even bugging them. It's like, wow, this kid's driven. That's yeah, exactly. That's what, what I mean. What other kids doing that? What other person's doing that? None. Right. None. And the kids that do end up getting scholarships and getting free college. What? So many people get school paid for like that. So or you can join the military and get it for free. Bam. What's the benefits? Tell us about the benefits of joining the military. Education-wise or just in general? After, in general. So, I mean, the probably the, the greatest benefit is the GI Bill. I get to go to school for free, and I get housing while I do it. So, so it depends on the state and the city. So Chandler, Arizona, I get 15. I think it's, if I take 15 credits, it's a full-time student, right? I mean, 15 credits. It's like $1,500 a month on top of free schooling, that, and that's for housing. And apartment, for like one-bed apartment in Chandler is probably like 13. So you're just getting... Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, I mean, you can pocket $200 a month from going to school and having a house and you or just an have apartment. To, you just have to fill your contract. And you just have to, yeah, just do the whole contract. What happened with Dalton? So Dalton gets that as well, but he because, was injured, right? Yeah, so he got medically discharged. My brother Dalton got medically discharged, and he did a year and a half. And while you're in the military, for the first year, they take out a certain amount of money from your paycheck until you pay off the GI Bill. And I think, it's, I don't know what the amount of money it needs to be, but... Really? He ended up paying it off. It got medically discharged because his ankles were messed up, and now he's going to ASU for free. Dang. With the BAH, and then you get um, housing when you want to put money down on the house, where there's like zero percent interest, and you want to start a business, it's like very little interest. Um, buying cars is easy. There's so much shit. It's ridiculous. Recommend it then. Uh, absolutely, that's the greatest thing I ever did. And you come out. 22 mm-hmm. with with like a good set like a head on your shoulders rather than being an 18 year old going to college with your head up your ass not knowing well, what if you go when you're 18 you do the whole thing what's 20 years and you can retire and you retire at 38 and what's the yearly you're getting what 40 grand just I, I have no idea I don't know how the, the money works it also depends on the state but I think it's more than that really I think it's probably around 50 and then you get like a part time job doing being like a sub or working so like you can you can retire at thirty eight making more than. If I were 40. to stay in for twenty years, I could have retired at thirty eight making. I don't know how much it is, but you retire. You, you retire. That's no matter. Whatever you do, you're getting that much money every year yeah. for the rest of your life. At thirty eight years old, I should have. I mean, it's just so hard being in the army for twenty years. There's so dedication. Much, oh God, it's not even that. It's just the toll. The toll on your body, your mind, being away from family. I mean, I know people that are like eighteen years in the army, that have like six years of being gone overseas like oh, really? cumulative so really they're out of those out of the 18 years they were only home for 12 that's rough on a family like that's, I, yeah. I want to have a family when I go up what's the divorce rate in the military high because they get probably, married so probably like, better yeah 70 probably 70% really high in the army because you're never there and like the marriages in the army or military are kind of bullshit because when you get married you get a free house so like people just marry their girlfriends and just say you're married, but it's just for the house. Do you get paid more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, because you have a dependent. So they get they have to they have to depend on you to provide. So they give you an extra. So there's ways amount. to kind of yeah, manipulate the military the as well. I had a buddy that actually married his best friend. He's a dude, and they they got a house together. And they're like boys. Oh really? Yeah. So they like homosexually got married. Yeah. So that they could get a house, but they're not. They're not. No, they're not gay. They're straight. Really, yeah. man, they're yeah. they're crossing two people. But once they, if they, <laughs> they're crossing if, the military, if they were to find out, 
they would have to return all the money back. Dude, maybe they're just fooling you. Maybe they actually are gay. Maybe. Either way, I can care less. But. Yeah, hey. Shout out to LGBTQ. Yeah. They're awesome. My medic in my platoon for a while was gay, openly gay. Doc Van, who's gay. Dude, they're nice people. Oh, yeah, obviously. But. Yeah. I, I wish I was just at the HRC Gala in Salt Lake. Nicest people. Yeah. They don't like you. You don't want to get on their bad side because they'll tear you apart. Yeah. But You have to do something really bad because they're, yeah, usually, no, they're usually nicer than the average street male. For sure. For sure. They're awesome. But yeah, there's a lot of benefits from being in the military and being a vet. A lot of discounts. Chipotle. And so you think that the <laughs> Chipotle? <laughs> Chipotle used to have a 50% off discount of vets, and then it just ended. It sucks. Man, I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. Uh, that's true. No wonder Joe Rogan goes so long. That's crazy. Jeez. So what were five hardest things getting out of the military, thinking about your future, and what were the five best things getting out of the military? Knowing what I wanted to do when I got out, which is tough. Not having like, the camaraderie of like the brotherhood that I was in. Um, not being told what I have to do for that day. Like when you're in the army, they tell you everything you have to do. Like they have a set plan for you. Mm-hmm. And now that I get out, it's all on me. Right. Like I decide my future, and like I decide the path that I take. And that's, do you like that? Do you that's like scary. that you have to decide? No. You're in control of your. I'm in control, which means I can sleep until like noon, or I can wake up at eight. I don't know. It's there's pros and cons to everything. So I mean, I miss the military just because I was so institutionalized to that lifestyle. The schedule is just good for my type of personality, but people are different. Some people like to be individuals and do stuff on their own, but I'm fine with people being able to tell me to do what I need to do. And then, um, I was like four, stick with those. And then you said, what's the good about coming out? Being as is the opposite, is being, having like freedom to do what the hell I want to do. If I want to pick up and go backpacking in Europe, I can do it. Because in the army, if you do that, you go AWOL, then you go Fort Larwood and be, go in prison for like two years. Met a dude that did that. Really? Mm-hmm. Man, I remember, so when I left Peru, my mission president gave me some advice, right? And uh, Mr. President's like the leader of all of us. Julians, there's you know, 200 of us out there yeah. in Cusco. There's 200? 200 just out there, you know. We have strict rules. I mean, it's different than the military, different strict um, can only email your family on Mondays, and there's no phone calls at all except for Christmas and Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Damn, no Father's Day? Nope. <laughs> all about the mothers, dude. What about your Feminism. Feminism. <laughs> but uh, every day, 6 30 in the morning, you're awake working out, and then you're in the streets walking, you know, until 10 at night. Yeah. And you have really strict rules. You have to be with somebody all the time, so with your companion constantly. And when I left, I, was, I told my mission president, I can't wait to be in the real world. And he was like, the mission, where you were, all of these rules, the disciplines, how strict it was, that is the real world. If you don't apply that discipline in your life, you'll go nowhere fast. Because now you have the freedom to do whatever you want and you can do anything, but you also have the freedom to do whatever you want and do nothing. And if you choose nothing, you're going to have a hard life. That's why discipline equals freedom. Oh, it's crazy, right? People don't believe that. People are like, it's almost hard for them to grasp that discipline is really, it's almost like laws is what makes you free. It's, yeah. And I strayed away from it when since I've been out for the six months. I could do, be doing so much better, but it's just, I don't know, I strayed away from being disciplined. Um, I'm, I'm slowly getting back to it, but it's just different. Right. So if you were to give advice to Camden Chrome senior year going into the military or any kid that's, you know, 
about to go into basic right now. Drop your ego. Drop your ego Drop your ego. Work out. Start being disciplined before you go in. So, like, months months leading up to joining the Army and going to basic, Mm -hmm. wake up at 4 in the morning every day, work out every single day, run 5 miles a day, go on ruck marches, like, 10 miles. Just start getting yourself prepared to do... To live in that lifestyle and becoming disciplined, make your bed every morning, eat right, and educate yourself and read. I'm reading a lot. That's what I wish I would be doing more. It's reading. What kind of books? Just like war books, like books about that. Like it will prepare yourself in your. Oh, so you're mindset. saying for them to read war yeah. books, not you know? Oh, read whatever. It's always good to like always expand your mind. But I'm th- I'm saying like join the military, read like America, like. American military novels like we were soldiers once and young just like to know what you expect and mo- get motivated to do it right but yeah just being disciplined and dropping your ego what about anyone just moving on into the next phase of life be a high school student someone graduating college which you know you're not in that situation but advice that you would have maybe gathered from the military that you would give somebody that you know is trying to figure out be, what the... yeah, prepare to fail right okay prepare to fail yeah. what do you mean by that like, one of my biggest fears is failure, because I would just already, I'm too prideful, like, I want to be the best in whatever I want to, whatever I do, and I think that failing is okay, because you learn from it, right? Right. Like, Abraham Lincoln, you know how many times he campaigned to be president? I don't. Like, actually. ten times. Really? Failed ten times, and he's, like, the most po- like popular president of all time. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you learn. Yeah. You, you learn from your failures. Exactly. You hear it all the time, but it's the truth. I mean, that's the whole reason. Learn to fail. fail. Pretty much, that's it. Learn to fail. Learn to fail. And fucking love failing, because you're going to learn from it. I mean, that's 90% of the reason I started this podcast. There's going to be so many haters out there. Yeah, so no. many people are going to make fun of this. Yeah. So many people are going to, you know. But same with the videos that I've been putting on IGTV. People are just going to hate on it so hard. But, but at the they, same time, they're, they, they're, they're scared to do something like that. Get yeah. out of their comfort zone. This is the first time I want, I've done a podcast. I didn't. How many times was I like trying to not do it? Bro, I, I, you, out of I it, was like, persistent. I bailed oh. out of it four times because I didn't want to do it. Get out of my comfort zone. Talk for he an hour. He was scared. I hope people are still listening to it. He was scared to do it. I mean, that's the whole one reason I wanted to journal with my you know friends. You're a good friend. Yeah, I guess we're all right friends. I mean, I don't. I probably know each other for eight day. years. Yeah, eight years, man. It's crazy, but. I wanted to kind of document my life with my friends, their feelings, their thoughts then, but I also wanted to do something to push me past my comfort zone. I bet this thing gets 10 views. If it gets 10 views, I'm going to be stoked. Yeah. Just 10 people. It's not listen. even about the viewing, right? No, not at all. It's about... Because we're already learning from doing this ourselves. Oh, so much. I mean, I bet you're going to go home, write down your values, your goals. Yeah, uh, I should always think about that. And try to figure out more things, and me too. I mean, it's just crazy, but people are going to hate on it. That's why I'm probably going to leave that beginning part out. But there's a few people that we, you know, think are doing great because they're starting their Instagrams yeah. and they're, you know, really trying to build it up. And people hate on them. Yeah. We had, but then again, I know a thousand people. They knew a thousand people. They had a thousand followers top. So if I lose all a thousand followers, I could care less because that means you don't even care about me. Yeah. I mean, I'm just doing it to have a good time and yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I love it. It's been sweet. This has been a fun podcast. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was... Thanks for having me. Of course. You're episode one. Bam. Started off with a bang. Knocked it out. If uh, you want to hear about my sponsors, go to Joe Rogan's Shut up. (laughs) Me undies. All right. Well, that was sick. Appreciate it. You know, it's Guardian Angels.
Damn right. Hell yeah. All right, guys. That was Bryology episode one. See you next week.